Welcome back, everyone. This is the Ohio Valley Athletics Podcast. Sean, I think we're up to episode number five. Is that correct or six? Uh, five, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. This is episode number five. We took a furlough last week. It was actually because of me. I had had a couple personal things that got in the way here. And Sean, from from what it sounds like, what's going on in your world, you 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 benefited from the furlough last week as well, uh, with with sports season kicking up. So excited to have you back this week and talk about some of the things that have happened in the past week. Football is literally here, and I don't know about you, Sean, but I mean, first of all, I love football. You know, yeah, we all say that, but I, I love the game. I can watch any game that's playing. And if part of me was kind of not getting my hopes up, you know, with everything that happened in the last year, I was trying not to get my hopes up. And I'm so thankful to say that football kicked off in the Ohio Valley, at least on the Ohio side last week. And I think only one game, um, one scheduled game, uh, didn't happen. Uh, every other game was able to kick off as as planned. Uh, so that's a step in the right direction. Fans in the stands. Uh, the games were played uh, that I know of. No restrictions, no capacity limits, um, no special asks in terms of what fans had to wear or couldn't wear coverings. It was, dare I say, normal last week. And then this week we've got football kicking off on the West Virginia side. Uh, Sean was, was last week an anomaly or you think we're going to get through this year and have normal football? I, I don't think so because we're already seeing it. we got two games canceled already for this weekend. And Barnesville and, and who was it? Barnesville and Meadowbrook, which is going to be a good game, right? Right. And I think union local and Buckeye local. No, they got canceled too. Yeah. Because Buckeye played Barnesville last week and with contract contact tracing, both of them are out. All right. So, Sean, you had COVID, right? I did. Confirmed. You took the test. You were sick. Yep. Okay. So I, I fall into the bucket that says I'm pretty sure I had it. Uh, I didn't get tested because this was back. It was it was a year ago, right, when this whole thing kind of first started. And, you know, I was sick for about three, four days, flu symptoms. But the reason I'm pretty sure I had it is, is I lost my sense of smell for about four or five months. So I'm pretty sure I had it. So we, you got two guys here that that one for sure, 100% had it and Sean, and pretty sure I had it myself. So I, I say that and that I think we're not going to speak here insensitively to, to the disease. I was pretty sick. And I think you were pretty sick too, right? I Honestly, I wasn't that bad at all. Okay. I just had I had a sore throat for like a week. <laughs> and it's terrible to say this, but like I, I went to work for that week. <laughs> and then one night I was at home cooking dinner and we we sat down for dinner and I took the first bite and I was like, oh boy. Something's wrong. Yeah. Something's I, I can't taste this. And I took another bite and I'm like, I can't taste this. And I'm like smelling on the food. And I'm like, I said, okay, I can't smell the food either. I said, uh, so I gotta get tested now. Yeah. And that was it. That was about and smell and other than being really run down it, it wasn't anything and i and again I, i'm with you i'm not being insensitive to it because you know even in my own family my grandfather contracted it and he passed away um 
it, it, it's very real. I, I get that. Um, but for the majority of us, thankfully, it's, it's, it's not much to deal with. So let me throw this out there. This, we're in such a tough spot. What's wrong? What's right? I don't know. Outside of my family, I, I'm not here to tell anybody what's wrong or right. But we've got two games slated this week, two good games. And I hate to make this just down to games, but behind every what we say is a good game are, are good athletes uh, that may have a future in this sport. So this, you know, when these games are canceled, that can potentially alter their, the, uh, you know, the outcome of, of what's supposed to be their future. So we got two games that, you know, that are confirmed to be canceled. How many teams in the High Valley do you think actually have COVID knowingly or unknowingly around the Valley right now? And they're still going to play. Are we being naive to say that nobody does or, my guess would be probably every program has somebody, whether they unknowingly or knowingly, there's somebody in that locker room that has COVID. I would venture to say it's a pretty high number. Um, and I can tell you this, I would not want to be an administrator right now. I just wouldn't. Um, because it's, it's a difficult situation. On one hand, if you, know, you don't have anybody sick in your program, and you are abiding by all the protocols, then just because you played a team where somebody came down with it, I, I, you know, I, I think you're fine. I think it's ridiculous not to play. That being said, as an administrator, you can't take that chance because we're dealing with kids, and it's not your kid. It, you, you're dealing with someone else's kids. So I get where that's coming from. So it's, it's, to me, it's a no-win situation. I mean, I, I think it sucks, and I think it's a little ridiculous that these games are called off. But at the same time, I think it's the right decision, if that makes any sense whatsoever. You make a great point, and it's kind of like I, I said a minute ago, is I'm not here to tell anybody what's right or wrong in, inside the Gossett house. Uh, we've we've got an idea of how we want to do things. You hit it right on the head. If, if I'm an administrator, though, um, gosh, I can't imagine being in a position where I am literally making the decision for hundreds and hundreds and in some schools, thousands of, of kids, not a position I would want to be in. And no matter which, which way you go with it, you're going to catch flack from a lot of people. Yeah. Which, which I understand. I mean, there, there are a lot of variables at stake here. I mean, I, I don't know how aware uh, you are of this, but back here right now, it, it's raging in our communities. I, I just saw on Facebook where today, uh, as a matter of fact, about an hour ago, uh, the uh, Ohio County Health Department has now gone to where they are saying that Ohio County schools, all kids and all personnel are, should now wear masks. That's what they're recommending. Whereas it was that they were not recommending that as, as early as a couple hours ago. You know what? I, I am, <clears throat> I'm not a masker and, and I don't cast any judgment on people that do. Um, me and my wife and, and our normal lives, we don't, we don't wear it unless we're in a place that, that requires it. And quite frankly, we avoid most places that do. 
Um, Having said that, I will tell you right now, if I'm a football coach, I would absolutely be wearing a mask. My whole staff would, and I would make it a near non-negotiable for the entire football team to wear a mask to protect themselves in their season. I would say, do this unselfishly to protect each other. Because when you go into those classrooms, we don't know, right? So let's protect each other. Let's make sure we get through this season together and do whatever we have to do. That would be my thought. You know, again, I say inside of my my house. um, But, you know, if you're a football coach or if you're a player on one of these teams, um, this is uh, these these 10 weeks are going to go really fast. And I feel bad for these kids that are already getting that those, those 10 games trimmed down to nine. It's a slippery slope for me um, because we've been in this for a little over a year now. And the science now tells us that you can do everything right. You can mask, you can double mask, you can social distance, you can be double vaxxed, and you can still get it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting a little deep into this now, but I just, this thing's going to do what it's going to do. And it's never going away. This is COVID-19, okay? There's going to be a 20. There's going to be a 21. There's going to be a 22. At no time in our history have we quarantined healthy people until now. It's going to happen. People are going to get it. And unfortunately, those of us who are immunocompromised in each individual neighborhood, each individual community, are going to bear the brunt of it. But there's nothing that we can do to prevent that. They're now saying we, you need a third. If you've got two, two vaccinations, you need a third. Why? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just going to keep going if you let it keep going. And honestly, <laughs> we're getting to a very precarious point here. We see things going on in Australia. We see things going on in France. Listen, whether you like it or not, you say conspiracy theory, whatever. Uh, that doesn't matter to me. This, this, this kind of stuff is knocking on our door. We just saw the president after the FDA approved the Pfizer uh, version of the vaccine today ask for private companies to mandate masks or to mandate vaccinations. It's <laughs> we're, in a, we're in a weird spot right now. Yeah. I can't imagine that as, as a business owner myself, I will never demand that my, my employees, our team members take, take a shot. I I don't think that that's my, my judgment or authority. That's not within our scope to ask. And it's hard for me to understand how any employer could feel like it's within their scope to demand that that's tough for me to understand. Well, the, the bigger companies can get away with that. The ones that's going to affect are the smaller ones. You're because absolutely people right. Are just, people are just going to walk out the door and say, no, I'm not getting a vax. I'll see you later. Yeah. I'll go work somewhere else. And then guess what? You don't have any employees. Therefore, you don't have a company anymore. Yeah. We're seeing it all over the country. We actually made it a policy uh, for folks out there listening. Um, I own a couple of gyms and uh, we made it a policy that... If somebody asks you if you are vaccinated, 
that you say um, internally we're we're not we're not allowed to answer that because whether I say yes or no, somebody's going to be offended. You know, have just just within my gym, it's like normal society. You know, it's divided 50-50. So, you know, half the people, if you say yes, are going to say thank you for being responsible. And the other half, if you say yes, are going to look at you and think you're crazy. There's no, as a business owner, there's no right answer to this. And the last year has been so tough and, you know, on us and so many others, we can't afford to go another year at half of our revenue. It's a, it's an, it's a very scary time, quite frankly, I say interesting a lot, but it is a scary time for business owners. You know, I'm the same as you. I, I would never tell anybody what to do. It, you, you know, you know, what's going on in your house a heck of a lot better than I do. So if you think the vaccine vaccination is helpful if you think it's important by all means if you think wearing a mask is important by all means do it but that that's where we are right now as a society you you can't take that kind of stance because if you do you're in the wrong and everybody comes at you Mm -hmm. i'm sorry i'm just it's it's not for me so let's get back to football. Damn, I love it when we have those one-offs. Back to football. Sean, there's a game this week in the Ohio Valley, a cross-river game that's just got me salivating. I would, if I was back home, I would be, I would be there on Friday. What game do you think I'm talking about? Park at St. Clairsville. Oh my goodness, you read my mind. So St. And we have not talked about this off the air. We have not talked about this off the air. That is, to me, that is the game this week. Um, Everybody got to see St. Clairsville uh, come out last week in a a neck-to-neck game, a hard-fought game where they ended up pulling ahead literally in the final minutes uh, for a high-scoring victory. Uh, We got a Wheeling Park team uh, that had to do a little bit of reloading, uh, but – Folks, folks uh, within uh, Wheeling think that this team will be just as good, if maybe even not a little bit more motivated than last year's team, because they feel like they got snubbed from uh, a deep playoff run. I think that this might be potentially, I think it's going to be game of the week. I think looking back, this could be one of the games of the year that we're going to see. It's possible. Um, I, I think Wheeling Park is, is- extremely talented as it generally is and it sounds cliche but the fact that St. Clairsville has already been out there on the field in a competitive environment and got its kinks out I think is a huge advantage I mean I think this is going to be a tough game for Wheeling Park anyway because because St. Clairsville is very good I think what you're going to see with Wheeling Park is because they're so new particularly on the offensive side of football you're going to see them get better as the season unfolds, mm-hmm. um, if you want to, if you got to play Willing Park, now's the time you want to play. Uh, and even then, that's a be careful what you wish for thing. But St. Clairsville, you know, they had some early turnovers last week, a couple of interceptions, but they they rebounded. Um, I, I'm just I'm so impressed with, with the program that Brett McLean has built, and not only. Uh, 
the program that he's built, but how he's done it. He does everything the right way. He's, he's a first-class guy. And I think you're going to see – I mean, they went to the regional final last year, finished 9-1. and one. I think you're going to see another deep run from St. Clairsville this year. They're, they're just loaded. It's, it, it is really interesting to see what he's done with that program. St. Clairsville graduate here, 2001. We, uh, we were 8-2 and two my senior year, and that was one of the best years that St. Clairsville had had in about 10 years. We were um, not necessarily my, my class, but at St. Clairsville as a whole, uh, it was a losing culture, um, just, just a losing culture. And um, Mark Boner started to, to change that around. He didn't get to, to finish what he wanted to do. Uh, Brett came in and kind of almost started from scratch literally from even the logo on the helmet to, to the uniforms, to um, move it, changing things up in the, in the field house and it's worked. And it went from being a losing culture, hoping to win to, to, as, as you've put it, Sean, it's not a question if they're going to make the playoffs in St. Clairsville, they're talking about how far in the playoffs are we going to go this year? And that just wasn't the conversation when I was there. The, the, the most impressive part about it for me is the way Brett has been able to adapt. Um, more often than not at the high school level, particularly around here, you have coaching staffs who they know one thing. Yeah. And they're going to do what they do come hell or high water. He has done a, he and his staff have done a remarkable job of completely retooling based on the classes that they have at the time. Yeah. I mean, they went from, lining up five wide and slinging it all over the place to play in smash mouth, eye formation football. And this year they're kind of a mix, which is the most dangerous kind because they tend to keep you on your heels. They can beat you in a lot of different ways right now. So they, they ended up getting a win last week, 42 to 35, put up some points uh, against Carrollton on the road. For most of that game, it was literally back and forth. The, the score was tied for, for more than half the game. One team would score, the next would come firing back. And if, if, you're, if you're in St. Clairsville, if, if you're Brett McLean, you probably feel really good about your first game because you want to talk about a gut check and being battle-tested and, and seeing what your team is going to do and their backs up against the wall. Uh, that's, a, that's a great first week to have. So to your point, they, I think that they definitely have an advantage over Wheeling Park where they've gotten that gut check. They've gotten to see how deep their players can go. On the flip side of that, though, Wheeling Park watched that game, too. They've been watching that film. And I think that they're going to have more quality film to watch from that game as compared to just, say, a 42 nothing blowout. They're going to get to learn a lot more about this St. Clairsville team. St. Clairsville grad, but I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that Willing Park comes in this week and gets an, dare I say, upset? You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised just because for the simple fact that Chris Doherty and his staff are just – they're so good. I mean, they've got a state championship under their belt already. Nobody is more prepared than that group on a weekly basis. And you're right. If there is, I don't want to say weakness, but if, if there's holes in St. Clairsville's game, Wheeling Park's going to find them, and, and they're going to try to exploit those. Um, 
they get a kid starting the quarterback, Brett Phillips, who his brother played at West or at West Liberty, yeah. But uh, he was a star at William Park as well. First, it's going to be his first varsity start. I mean, he's he's been prepped for this his entire life. He's a coach's kid, you know. But it it it's difficult when those lights go on. Um, I, I'm really interested to see what he what he does, and, and I think he's going to have not only a tremendous season, but I think he's going to have a tremendous career, and he's going to go on to do great things. So let's go back to and and you 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 I I wasn't ready to hear that Buckeye local was out this week against Union local. So anything that we can learn there, Sean? Are they talking about? Because uh, it sounds like Buckeye local was the affected team. Is Union local doing anything in terms of trying to get that game backfield? What are you hearing? I haven't seen um, the only thing I've seen uh, from Union local's side of it is the announcement on social media that the game is canceled. So I, I don't know if they're going to, and even at that, they say it's canceled. That's one of those things. It, it, canceled and postponed mean two different things. Yes. And a lot of people don't realize that. Um, but are they just, are they just going to roll with nine games? Are they going to try? I mean, you know, in a situation like Toronto found out a couple hours before the game the other night that Wellsville couldn't go. And they had to find an opponent to come to their place on like three hours notice. Luckily, they were able to get that done. But I think that's more an anomaly that you'll see that kind of thing than something that's going to happen. I mean, it's just it's so tough because you only get 10. And there's just no holes there. You're playing every week. I feel really bad for the Jets. Uh, for those that don't know, the Jets had a victory last week on the road against Monroe Central, uh, 40 to 18. Uh, the folks in Union Local think that they've got one heck of a team. And, and, and that, out in that area, they talk Buckeye 8. And they were, they were they, a lot of folks out there think that uh, Union Local can be champs of the Buckeye 8 this year. And that includes beating St. Clairsville. Uh, one less game. So maybe that gives them a little bit extra motivation. Sean, there was another game that happened last week that uh, uh, showed some promise. Uh, Cambridge, they, they, they might be coming back. They, they had a pretty decisive victory over Indian Creek last week at home, 27-7. to 7. So it's good to see the Bobcats, um, you know, come into good form there in a week one victory. And then, of course, um, and what was not, definitely not a gimme game for Steubenville, uh, you, you got to give Steubenville credit. Obviously, a great program. Uh, but week one, they come out. Steubenville is a D3 program. Week one, they come out and they face a, a large D2 program, a school that's got probably three, 400 more students, more boys in their class, comes down from Columbus. And uh, most people thought that Big Red was probably going to lose this game, not locally, but folks up in Columbus thought that uh, Olin Tangy was going to come down here and get the win. But Steubenville won 22 to 7. I feel like people in the Ohio Valley, there's a couple programs, Sean, Steubenville, uh, Wheeling Park, Wheeling Central, I think St. Clairsville right now. Uh, people, people hate them because they're, they're doing well. And, uh, you know, shady side, stu- throw shady side in there. Shady side. Yep. I think Steubenville is probably the number one, you know, people, people oh. really dislike that program. Uh, dislike the program all you want. Wow. Uh, they, you got to give them credit for the games they put on their schedule. They will play anybody 
anywhere. And uh, that's a big win for the Steubenville team in week one. Looking forward to see what uh, what what they're able to do. Actually, who do they have this second week? Are they? Are, I think they might even be off this second week, right? No, they play. Um, I can't think of it. Hold on, hold on. Let me pop my head. Let me pull it up real quick. I can't leave our list. New Philly. They're hanging. You're right, New Philly. Yep, that is it. Yep, which that should be a game right there. That should be every week. There, every week they got somebody good on the schedule. It's it's you know. Like you said, hate all you want, and there are. And let's be honest about it. In the Ohio Valley, unless you live in Steubenville, you hate Steubenville. So, <laughs> um, you, but you can hate all you want. At some point, it, it's kind of like the Tom Brady thing for me. I hated the guy for for so many years. At some point, you got to tip your hat and say, you know what? I respect what you're doing because. What Reno and those guys have been able to do up there is, I don't know if remarkable is even a strong enough word. You said it yourself. They'll play. I don't know if they'll play anybody anywhere. I don't know. I don't know about that last part, but they will play anybody. If you're willing, if you want to go Steubenville, they'll play you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm only half joking. Well, yeah, it's uh, you're kind of right. For a lot of people who don't know, Steubenville, they will play anybody. Um, but they are very, they have a very hard line, stern agreement that you got to come to Big Red and it's, it's going to be more times than they come to you. If it's a three-year deal, you're going to Big Red twice. You're going to Steubenville twice. But guess what? They've earned that. They're, they're like a small college program, <laughs> you know, like if you don't accept the terms and we're not playing you. I mean, that's, that's listen, puff out your chest and let them know who's the boss. For folks, for folks that have not been up there to a game, you got to make the trip. Uh, it, like Sean said, hate them all you want. If you're a football fan, I think you'll go up there with an open mind. I think you'll leave Steubenville uh, and you'll have a great experience. It's a, it's a great atmosphere, uh, high energy, very electric. Uh, they, they put on just a it's, – it's, it's entertainment. It's, uh, it's a good experience. Uh, for a game up there. So if you haven't been up there, I strongly encourage you to experience that right in our backyard. You know, we're but folks in the Ohio Valley always complain. There's nothing to do. We've got some pretty cool things to do. We've got some pretty cool, especially, especially in the uh, fall season, there's some great places to go. So changing gears up here a little bit. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. The Steelers are three and in the preseason. Seems like, um, I'm going off memory here. I, I feel like the last couple times we've made deep playoff runs, we were we were like one and three and zero oh and four in the in the in the preseason. Uh, we're three and zero oh and we're looking sharp. We're looking good. Last week, Ben had a a, a near perfect or perfect quarterback rating. Yep. Um, receivers look good. The boy out of Penn State at tight end, I, I butcher his last name when I say it. Watch Brandy. out. He's the real deal. Uh, Najee Harris looks like a first-round draft pick. Offensive line doesn't look like a weakness. Defensively, strong. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. If they turn the scoreboard on, you want to win, period. And, you know, it's, it's funny because all summer we listen to 
all the national media say how bad Ben was going to be, how bad the Steelers were going to be. Guess what? I noticed that narrative completely changed this week with the national media to where all of a sudden the Steelers are going to be a Super Bowl contender. No, no, no. You're not getting on the wagon now. The wagon is full. It's full every year. There's a waiting list for the wagon. You don't get on it in a week's time. Keep hating. We're going to be there in the end. So there was uh, hey, read into this what you want, but I kind of had a moment uh, about, heck, it's probably been about two months now. Two months or so ago on Twitter, I posted an article. I think it was maybe from ESPN. It was from a major outlet, and it was ranking the quarterbacks, and, and Ben was mm-hmm. like 20th. And I basically said the, the lack of respect for Big Ben around, around the NFL is, is just ridiculous. And I, I tagged his Twitter on it. And, uh, hey, take this for what it's worth, but Big Ben's official Twitter account liked that tweet. So his, his team's paying attention to this stuff. And I absolutely think that at his age where he's at, uh, he's, he's went into some off seasons where he kind of contemplated what he wanted to do. Not this year. It was a hard, I'm coming back. I think we're going to see a wildly motivated, very intentional and professional season from big Ben this year. Assuming what's, he stays healthy. What's funny to me is we, probably the last six or so years, they've said big Ben's over the hill. He's done. He's, he's deteriorating. He's going downhill. It's 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 over for him. They need to replace him. Coming into this off season, everybody's acting like the guy was trash last year. He threw thirty three touchdown passes and ten picks. The team started eleven and up. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're. I get your people were kind of a victim of the moment, and the and the last thing we saw out of him was the the dreadful playoff performance. I get it. But this has been going on his entire career. You know, I'm biased, obviously. I'm, I'm a huge Big Ben fan. Listen, I'm not even joking. No hyperbole here. When we drafted him, there, there are two Steelers during this current run that I wanted so bad. He was the first one, and I almost cried when we got him because I, I went through the down times where we didn't have – a franchise quarterback and he was always on at Miami Ohio. They always, they're always on Thursday nights, ESPN matching. I just loved the guy fell in love with, with the way he played. And TJ Watt was a second one. I wanted him really bad, but his entire career, he's been disrespected. And I don't know that I can recall a hall of fame player. And we're not just talking about Hall of Fame. We're talking about first ballot Hall of Fame. He's automatic. And anybody who says differently, just I don't want to talk football with you because mm-hmm. you're either biased or you're stupid. You know what I think it is, Sean? I was having a conversation last week with a guy down here. He, he's from up in that area around the Jersey area. And, um, you know, we're having a conversation about just football in general and talking about Big Ben. And, of course, you know, they bring up, the uh, the incident from 15 years ago down in Georgia. Um, and I'm not here to defend those actions. Uh, I will say that 
um, criminal charges were never pressed. Um, you know, it was just allegations that were handled outside of court. Leave that there. Um, what I came to, though, in this conversation with them, and I never really considered it before, is I think one of the reasons that people dislike Ben is because he doesn't give you anything. And what I mean by that is in a world where athletes are more connected than ever, you're, you can see what they're doing more than ever. He lives a pretty private life. I, I said earlier that they tagged me on his Twitter account. He actually doesn't have, hey, I'm Ben Roethlisberger Twitter. It's, it's basically, I think it's called Big Ben. BigBen7.com. Uh, yeah, yeah, it links to his website. I'm sure it's run by you know social media folks. He probably gets on there every once in a while. Maybe not. Um, he's not on Facebook. He's not, again, there's not a Big Ben Twitter account where he's uploading pictures. He doesn't do commercials. He very rarely does interviews. Uh, he's married with two or three kids. He And he likes that. Uh, loves his wife, seemingly, right? He's with her. He In the off season, he's off season, spending time with the family. I think that drives people nuts, specifically the media. I think that's their way of getting back at him for not, you know, being, helping them out with interviews and, and features. So how do they, they try to get under his skin? Well, how can we get big Ben to do an interview? Let's just keep, let's keep, uh, you know, let, let's piss him off a little bit more with these articles and see if he'll reach out to say something. And he never does. He never does. You, you'll see him maybe do an interview, you know, if they're playing on Monday night football and he might do a, a little feature there, but by and large, he stays out of the media. And I think it drives people crazy. You know what? I, I'm not going to discount that, but if that is the case, it's completely disingenuous by the media because there's a reason he's done that. It's because of the way he was treated early in his career with the Milledgeville, Georgia stuff. He was trashed his, his reputation rightfully or wrongfully when he would go out in Pittsburgh, everybody said he was an a-hole, you know, th this is all you heard for years. You know what? I'm going to go back to my multi-million dollar mansion too. And I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. You you're going to do that to me. I'm not scratching your back. Forget about it. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with you. Well, for all the, for all the Steeler fans out there, enjoy this year. Who knows? Maybe Ben comes back. Uh, my gut says that uh, if we have a deep run in the playoffs, win or lose, my gut says emotionally, I don't know if he'll come back. I think emotionally he's going to spend everything he has this year. I think he's going to have a tough decision if he comes back. Leave you with this thought. Big Ben shows some wit every once in a while. I was listening to an interview. It was it was not live, so I don't know exactly when this interview was. It could have been last year because the narrative has been the same for the last year of you're the worst quarterback in the A and the AFC North. Uh, you know, what do you have to say about that? And he said, well, of course I am. I'm the only one that didn't win a Heisman. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was funny. I thought that was funny. Just more more fuel and motivation for him. So we got college football kicking off this weekend, small slate of games, but I'll tell you what, I'll be tuned in watching them like they're the Super Bowl. Uh, we've got Nebraska, uh, Illinois, Hawaii, UCLA, UConn at Fresno State, UTEP at Mexico State, 
Southern Utah, San Jose State. I'm going to be tuning into that Nebraska and Illinois game. See a little Big Ten matchup, one o'clock Fox game. And then, of course, going into the next week, we're going to have a full slate um, across across the country. That's assuming, again, I said I'm trying not to get my hopes up. He kind of deflated me a little bit, Sean, because I didn't realize we had another game in the, in the OVAC that got canceled because of COVID. So I'm still I'm still keeping my excitement at bay right now that we're going to have a full season. Um, but hopefully, you know, I, I can take I can take games getting canceled here and there as long as the games that are happening, we're still going to have fans in the stands. We're still going to get that experience. So let's hold a good thought. I'm, I'm worried, man. It's. I can't even say inching. It's it's going there rapidly, unfortunately, to where I think restrictions. And again, we talked about. It, I think they're silly, but I, I think restrictions are coming. Um, off that topic, you brought Nebraska, and I, I wonder this all the time. I talked about with my friends. What has happened with that program? I mean, that was the gold standard when we were growing up. That triple option. You, you you're talking. You went from Tommy Frazier to Eric Crouch. I mean. They're competing for national titles every year, and now they're just garbage. Yeah, I, I saw a headline of an article. I didn't read it, so I, I hate to even share. I'm doing air quotes news like this because I'm not sure how legitimate it is, but I saw a headline of an article that Scott Froster, head coach, is actually being investigated for possibly academic fraud or something of that nature. Um, gosh. But you're oh, I know what that right. was. They during COVID last year, they held practices, get-togethers, off campus. And I'm kind of moving my head around. What's the problem with that? <laughs> What's the problem with that? Oh, I don't know what to make of these rules anymore. What's the problem with that? It, 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 I think it's more of an internal thing because of, you know, quote-unquote, putting everybody at risk. Yeah. It's just, you know, it. again, we live in funny times. Uh, I don't even think funny is the right word because it's not funny, but we live in difficult times because all you have to do is piss off a certain person or a certain segment of the population and they let the Dobermans loose on you, man. It's, it's just, it's dangerous. It is. Well, we've got a full slate this week, Sean. I can't wait to see what the week three power 15 rankings look like. For those that haven't seen uh, this new week of rankings, make sure you check out our website, www.ovathletics.com, where every week you'll see the top 15 high school football power rankings coming from Sean. Over 20 years of sports media experience. He knows a thing or two about what a good football program looks like. Sean, looking forward to seeing what happens this week. Can't wait to see the new rankings. For all of our listeners out there, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. This is Ohio Valley Athletics, Ohio Valley's number one site for local sports talk.